Hello, and welcome to She Speaks 2, the podcast where we share the stories of African Americans who have made an impact in their communities from the South Carolina Lowcountry and beyond. I am your host, Patricia Blygen Jones. Join us on She Speaks 2. Good afternoon, Reverend Demet Jenkins. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on She Speaks to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you are welcome. Let's get right to it, uh, Reverend Jenkins. Tell us a little bit about your role in the International African American Museum. Well, thank you again for just allowing us to be on your show today to just share a little bit about the International African American Museum and certainly my role. Um, I am the Lilly Director of Education and Engagement for Faith-Based Communities. I tell people all the time, it's such a long title. Um, right. So I just say, you know, just say Director of Faith-Based Communities. But what essentially that means is that I am tasked to do three things. Um, I'm to bring awareness about the museum locally, nationally, and internationally. So we want people to know about the museum, where it's being built, why it's being built, and certainly the grounds it's being built on. And then secondly, I am to host programs with faith communities, religious organizations, houses of faith. And what we mean by host program is we want to do workshops, um, symposiums, um, events, uh, scholarly lectures, anything um, around history or faith or religion, um, culture, any of those things. And so when we say we want to partner and do programs, we want to come to where people are. So they don't have to come to Charleston. We will come to any city, any state, any country and we can do programs that come under that umbrella and then um, thirdly we want to encourage our faith communities and individuals to become members of the museum Um, so those are the three things that i'm tasked to do and they sound like small things but they are a lot of responsibilities and a lot of tasks to complete um, to connect to our faith communities Okay, and your position, that's funded through the Lilly Family Endowment Fund? Yes, they have um, given the museum um, several uh, million dollars to be able to fund this position to do the work that I just mentioned, to travel around locally, nationally, and internationally, and bring awareness to the museum, do programs, and encourage people to become members of the museum. Okay. When will the museum, when, what's the expected completion date for the International African American Museum here in Charleston? The expected completion date is early 2022. Um, initially, it was the fall of 21, but now it is. We know it will, it will be spring of 2022. And, you know, just on this past Friday, we put the last steel beam top of the frame of the museum wow. so the entire frame is now up so now there will be building you know within it around it um, creating all of the 
the exhibits and all the things that will be a part of this museum. So that last still being, we just had a dedication ceremony on this past Friday. So we are moving quickly. The museum is coming up, the structure is up. So 2022 will be here before we know it. Reverend Jenkins, tell us why the African-American, the International African-American Museum is important, not only to Charleston, but just important, period. Tell us the importance of it. Yeah, it, one, the museum is important because it, it's going to tell the stories and untold stories of African and African-American people. So that in, in, in itself is is one of the main reasons why it's important. Secondly, the very site where the museum is going to be built, uh, formerly called Gatson's Wharf, and we consider that a sacred space simply because it's very the very soil where our ancestors stepped foot on the ground when they got off of those ships. So. 48%, this, these are the statistics that we're told, 48% of all of our enslaved ancestors came through the city of Charleston, South Carolina. And so when they got off those ships and they put their foot on the ground, the very place they put their foot on the ground is the very soil we are building the museum. So. We're going to tell the stories. It's a sacred space. We're going to honor that space. We're going to pay homage to that space because that's where life began in this country for our ancestors. So it matters simply because it is a sacred place and a sacred soil. And we're going to tell the stories of, of our African um, ancestors, um, the untold ones, because there are a whole lot of stories that the people in this country do not even know of the major accomplishments right. and the wonderful things that have been done. So we're going to do that at this museum. Thank and you. And we're going to tell the story from the continent of Africa. So we're going to go back to the beginning and tell the stories from there on back. We're not going to just start from when they entered into this country. We're going to start from where they, where they were born and where they lived and where they cultivated land and where they were, you know, many, many, um, had many professions. Um, and so we're going to tell the story from the continent of Africa on back. Awesome. Tell us, Demet, how did you come to be a part of this project? Well, you know, um, I moved back home in 2016, um, after having lived away for about 24 years. And, you know, when you come back home, you're trying to find your grounding. You're trying to find that place where you really want to uh, serve the community and, and have a meaningful for job and position. And so it took a little while, um, but a friend of mine um, shared it with me that this position had become open. And I started reading about it. I knew that the museum was being built in Charleston, um, but at that time they didn't have um, but probably one full-time staff person. So at this point in time, they were at a point of um, hiring several people. And a friend of mine shared the position with me. And when I read it, I immediately knew this is where I needed to be. That just the outreach, the connection to the faith communities, the programming, um, the workshops, all of those things fall right under 
what I love and what I'm passionate about. And so I was very, very grateful in 2018. Actually, Friday was my two-year anniversary um, that I had have been at the museum. So very grateful for this opportunity, and I'm loving every step of it. And I'm just excited about what's to come. Now, how has the faith community here in Charleston, uh, Charleston County, uh, as well as the city of Charleston and the surrounding counties, Berkeley and Dorchester, how have they responded to the work that you do? Well, let me just go back and say this. This project for this museum has been in the works since 2000. Okay. So it has taken 20 years to even get to this point where we put that last steel beam on the structure of the building on this past Friday. So many, even though most of us who are full-time started two years ago, they were meeting for 18 years prior to that, you know, trying to get raise the funds, trying to develop the concept, trying to decide the name and what kind of exhibits we were going to have, what stories we were going to tell. So this has been going on for years. So there has been outreach, there has been connections in the community, there were advisory teams, there were consultants. So prior to my coming on board, there had been work done in the community. Um, to what extent, I'm not sure, but they had been making connections and having meetings and talking with people. So since I've come on board, you know, some of that was just reconnecting with um, some of the faith communities that had had been in touch with the museum years prior to me. Um, it's been well received. Every place I've gone, people uh, are excited about what's to come. They're excited about learning more about what the museum will have. Because um, when I go in and I do presentations, we go through what the exhibits will look like, what the outdoor experience will be. Uh, we talk about the programming possibilities prior to the museum. And even when the museum comes, we talk about our Center for Family History that will do genealogy research. So I have gotten really a lot of positive feedback um, for people who are excited about what's to come and wanting to be a part of it. That's awesome. What can churches do? I know that we can become um, partners, but is there anything else? Are you all in your um, your research and gathering of information and artifacts? Is there anything that um, any of the local churches can do um, besides just become just to become a partner uh, with I am? Yeah. Tell us yeah. about that. So one one of the um, uh, exhibits in the museum will have. Um, uh, South Carolina, we'll focus on South Carolina. And what we want to do is for anyone living in South Carolina, there's going to be a digital mapping table. And in that digital mapping table, a visitor will come, put their finger on that table and just say they pull up Orangeburg or they pull up Spartanburg or some small little town within South Carolina, Aiken. And so what we want to do is to when those, when those names populate, we want to have people who have done great things in those communities. Um, we want the special events that take place in those communities, um, special occasions that happen in those communities. And the only way we can know that are from the people who live in those communities. And so we're, when we say people, we're talking about not the people who are in the history books. We're talking about the local folks 
who everybody knows, Miss Mary, you know, used to feed the kids all the time after school. Right. Or Mr. Johnson used to go and cut everybody's grass in the community. Or, you know, somebody created a house where the kids can come and, you know, have fun after school kinds of activities. We want to know those people because the people in those communities know those names. And so we want to create just a short little bio um, about those persons, and which, which would include a picture. And so when someone from, from, from Oregon comes to Charleston and puts their hand on that South Carolina digital map, these names and these events and these occasions pop up and they get to learn something about South Carolina and the people who have lived here. So we, we need our faith communities to help us gather those names and create those um, those uh, names of people who have done amazing things. And then the events and then the special occasions that take place in those communities, we need our faith communities to help us do that. Right, I understand. Uh, Demet, we know, well, for those of us who don't know, um, you are a granddaughter of local civil rights icon, the late Esau Jenkins. Um, what do you think your grandfather would think of this undertaking, this project? I think he would be very, very proud because my father, my grandfather um, was an, an advocate and an activist and he fought for the liberties and rights of all people, particularly African-American people. And so for Charleston, the city that he marched in, the city that he helped people, um, transported people from Johns Island to the city of Charleston, and in that, in that ride, he would help them learn the part of the Constitution that they had to learn in order for them to vote. They did that in the ride from Johns Island to Charleston and from Charleston back to Johns Island. And so for him to want to make sure that African and African-American people had the rights that everyone else had and wanted to be, you know, teaching them to be entrepreneurs and thinkers and strong people, he would be very proud that we are telling the story of our people, our ancestors, right here in the city of Charleston where he's from. Awesome. Demet, what's your, your, one of your fondest memories of your grandfather? Well, you know, I was six, I was about six when he died. And so I was real young, um, but we, my family owned a, uh, co-owned a restaurant um, downtown Charleston on Spring Street. And so all the kids, when we went to school, we all came there after school for the parents to pick us up. Um, and, and he, I remember he just was always he just seemed so quiet to me um, and always thoughtful, always thinking. And, um, you know, so he would have his, his um, I guess it would be his dinner because it would be after school when we were there. And um, he, every, you know, all the grandkids always wanted to take his tray back to the kitchen. It was an honor to take his tray back to the kitchen. And that particular day I won because, you know, we all were competing with one another and that particular day I won and I just remember feeling like the queen. Wow. Like I was honored to carry my grandfather, the man that I had heard was doing so many amazing things in Charleston. He was speaking, he was teaching, 
he was, you know, developing um, um, health centers for the people on John's Island. He started a credit union here in Charleston in 1966. So hearing all these things about him, I just, he was a statuess of a man. He was amazing to me. And so to carry his tray back to the kitchen was an honor, was an honor. And I'm just grateful that I have that very vivid memory um, of him and just seeing him just be thoughtful and, and thinking and, and just really um, engaging his own intelligence about, I guess, what he was going to do next or what his agenda was or what his plan was, was just an honor for me. I just, I love and respect everything that he has done. What a great legacy. Now, his the, the, the Volkswagen bus that he drove people around in, that is now in the African American Museum in Washington, D.C., correct? Absolutely. The panel, the panel of his bus um, now sits in the African American Museum of History and Culture um, in Washington, D.C. So we're just honored that um, his work that he has done, him and many others, you know, we say him, but he didn't do this work by himself. Um, but he certainly was um, a warrior and a courageous man, uh, a man with a third, fourth grade education who um, just didn't take um, no for an answer. Um, if he thought it was something that was worth fighting for, he was courageous enough to do it. And so that bus panel, that same bus that I mentioned earlier that he transported people in um, now sits in the uh, um, African-American Museum of History and Culture in Washington, D.C. Okay. Now, on the local level, how are you all curating um, what's going to be in the International African-American Museum here in Charleston? just on the local level. I can only imagine nationally and internationally, but what about on the local <laughs> level? Um, how are you all going about curating items locally? So, you know, one of the things, um, because we, we're a nice size museum, we'll be about uh, 44,000 square feet, so it'll all be one level. Wow. Um, and then we'll be 15 feet above ground, so they're will be an uh, uh, indoor and an outdoor experience to the museum. Um, and so the, the museum is probably the length of about uh, a football field, um, so to speak. So um, we won't have a lot of objects because we won't have room for a lot of objects. So we will, we will have a lot of text and pictures and images um, so our curator and our curator team, they will at some point be soliciting items that they feel they will be able to benefit the, the museum, um, but it won't be a lot of it. And I know they get a lot of calls and they get a lot of emails and they just haven't arrived, arrived at that point yet because they're trying to make sure that all of the exhibits are, um, you know, well done and all the, images that need to be in there. So at some point they will um, let the community know that they will be looking for objects, mm -hmm. um, but it will be important for people to know that there won't be a ton of objects because we won't be a very, very large museum. Therefore we can't hold a lot of stuff. Now question, will they, be, will you all have 
um, exhibits that kind of rotate in and out um, of the museum or will everything be like a permanent, you know, a, a part of a permanent collection? Right. We will have, I think there's one at this point that will be a rotating um, gallery. Um, I think maybe every 12 to 18 months it will rotate, if not, you know, sooner. And the other ones will be permanent. So we will have a rotating one where they will have a variety of things that will come through. But we will have several um, permanent exhibits. We'll have a, a South Carolina connection, as I mentioned to you earlier. Um, we'll have a Gullah Geechee gallery. Um, we will have a studio time um, gallery where people are able to host events and gatherings uh, for our faith communities. They can host Bible studies. They can host uh, some spiritual events there. Um, we will have um, Atlantic Worlds um, where they will um, have some installations and they will highlight the African diaspora, the Middle Passage and Gadsden's Wharf. Um, they will have the Middle Passage experience, um, American Journey. So it'll um, have exhibitions from the 15th through 21st century. Um, and so there will be quite a bit. They'll have an African Roots and African Routes. Um, this will uh, flank the Atlantic worlds on the north and um, serve two functions, kind of highlighting the histories of West Africa and West Central Africa. Um, we'll have Carolina Gold and Voices of the Enslaved. Um, so they will be, so Carolina Gold will focus on the rice cultivation um, and highlight experiences and, and recollections of uh, formerly enslaved people. So there will be quite a bit of experience um, in terms of the exhibitions. And then certainly one of our main galleries will be the Center for Family History. Um, and that will do the genealogy research. So we won't do DNA testing, but the genealogy research will be significant. And here's how our faith communities can be helpful to that. So the Center for Family History um, we're looking for, we already have a digital library. So if you go to our website, which is www.iaamuseum.org, and you go, to, you go to the page for Center for Family History, you will see a digital library where people have uploaded obituaries, um, funeral programs, marriage license, um, all kinds of things that... Um, that they have already uploaded. So when people begin their family research, a lot of that data and information will already be there. So where our faith communities can be helpful is that if and for everyone that is a member or attends your faith community, we would love for them if they have their family members, obituary and marriage license or funeral programs, we want them to upload that to uh, the website and what we will do, or pictures, and what we will do, we will give them an acid-free box so that they can continue to preserve those pictures. And the Bibles that family members have that, um, you know, that our grandmothers and great-grandmothers used to write right. names. and births and deaths, yes. Yeah, we want to scan those, and we want to make sure that you continue to preserve that, so we'll give you an acid-free box. So... We, that the Center for Family History is going to be major in terms of 
of, of research and connecting to your family members and where you come from and who you're related to, that's going to be very important. So our faith community can play a vital role in helping us collect that data. Demet, in your in your travels and in your role, um, have you met any resistance in regard to what you all are trying to do? Because we, you know, um, you and I are both natives um, yes. of Charleston. Well, I grew up on Edisto, you grew up West Ashley, but we have Sea Island roots. And uh, right. for the longest time, there's been this, um, this kind of stigma, this shame um, attached to um, what has happened, you know, early on in this country um, in yes. regard to slavery. And I know, um, some of my older family members just never wanted to talk about it. Um, it was a source yes. of great pain and great shame. Yes. Can, can you speak to that for us? Well, and I, I still think that there are people who just don't want to talk about that, don't want to relive any of those experiences of their uh, former loved ones, you know, stories that they have been told. They just don't want to talk about that. It's always been, you know, that we kind of kept that in the closet. We didn't bring up that that bad stuff. And I think there are people who still feel that way. Um, I think there are people who may not be 100% supportive of the work that we're doing for whatever reason. And so, you know, I always say we want to invite those people to the table too, because we want to figure out how we can be connected and how we can be at the table together discussing about what's going to happen, how folks can be involved and be connected and feel like we're, we're really telling the stories of our people. Um, so, I mean, I don't think nothing is 100%, and I don't think everybody is always on board, but we invite those folks to be engaged with us um, so that we can understand kind of where they're coming from mm -hmm. and figure out ways that we can, you know, connect and collaborate together. Awesome. Demet, tell us about any upcoming programs that you have scheduled. So, you know, with the pandemic, um, we have certainly not um, been doing any public programming and, um, and certainly looking at ways that we can have conversations virtually. Um, so we are in the process of kind of putting together a document so that the community can know what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen in the next six months. But what I do know that we have on the books is that we will be hosting um, an academic examination of Elijah Muhammad's teachings um, on in September. So every Tuesday in September from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, we will have a panel discussion and their topics are different each week. There will be a different moderator. Um, and so that's gonna happen September 1st um, the first Tuesday, and it'll happen every Tuesday in September. Um, so you be on the lookout for more information from that. Um, if you go to our website, um, definitely you'll begin to see some of that information um, about how you register. The, the symposium is free, um, and it will be through Zoom webinar, and we will be doing it live on Facebook. So people will have every opportunity to participate, ask questions, um, hear the panelists um, on that particular subject matter. We were going to um, do a public program on misrepresentation of forgiveness. Is it now or is it later? 
um, and Reverend Dr. Freddie Haynes um, out of Dallas, Texas, was yes. going to be our main panelist. And then we had several people throughout um, South Carolina and other places who were going to serve on the panel to begin that discussion. But because um, of our recent numbers in South Carolina, we decided to postpone that to next year. But we are going to do um, sort of a video clip of all the panelists um, making a comment about how they see and understand forgiveness. And then we'll um, plan for a conference on next year. So those are the two things um, that we have coming up. And um, certainly we'd love to chat with you more when we get our full schedule for the rest of the year. Great. Demet, what do you want my audience, what do you want uh, Charlestonians, uh, just African-American people everywhere, what do you, what's the biggest takeaway? What do you want us to know or learn um, from this new museum that will uh, highlight and teach about African-American culture, uh, not only on this soil, but um, from the continent of Africa? What is it that you want us to know? So what, what we want in terms of my role and position with the museum, I want for anyone listening, I don't care where you live, what state you're in, what country you're in. If you have an interest to talk about history, culture, faith, religion, or the combination of them all, then we want to be in conversation with you. You know, we before the pandemic, we were coming and going to different places in different cities and, and having meetings with our clergy and community people to talk about what our work. And now we can certainly do that virtually um, since we're not traveling. But we want to know, we want you to know that when we say we want to be in partnership with you and do programs with you, we really mean that. Um, we're not just we're not just talking air or not just saying something that sounds really good. We want you to be thinking about things that you have envisioned for your faith community or your religious institution to do that maybe you haven't had time to do. Maybe you haven't had all of the funds to make it happen. And so we want to be able to kind of sit with you and see how can we do this together? How can we partner together? Because we want to tell some of these stories. We want to talk about issues that impact the the community. We want to um, talk about our history and faith and religion, how it all impacts our lives. So we really want to be engaged with you. So I want folks to reach out to me um, if they want to send information to you, Reverend Jones, and you pass it to me or, or contact me directly at the museum if they go to our website my name is there my email is there phone number is there we want people to know that we want to tell the story of our people we certainly want to tell these untold stories because we want history to be known we don't want the history that they teach us in the school because that ain't who we are that's a snippet of our history we have a ton of accomplishments that our people have done right and so we want to work really really hard and telling those stories and we we have to go to every city every state every country to do that we certainly will do that well demet on that note thank you so much for sitting down and having this conversation with me it has truly been a pleasure 
Thank you so much for having us. And we're delighted to be here. And thank you to your audience for listening. Be well, Demet. Take care. Be well. Thanks for joining us this week on She Speaks Too. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at She Speaks Too. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.